Now, today's message I've called, I've, I, I try to come up with a, an attractive title, but this is about the best I could come up with, is Change Your Atmosphere. That's the title of the message. And the message I'm going to bring is based upon um, the passage in Acts chapter 16. Some of you have read Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 40. I'm actually going to be highlighting some scriptures from it, but I basically want to tell you the story that comes out from that passage. So are you ready for the story? As soon as I start telling you it, some of you are going to go, I know that story. For some of you, this will be your first time. But as I go through this story today, the Holy Spirit is also going to be speaking to you. I'm going to be speaking and my words are going to hit your ears, but the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking words that are going to hit your heart today in Jesus' name. So you know, Jesus, we believe that Jesus ascended to heaven. Anybody believe that? Yeah. Who believes that they're going to ascend to heaven one day? We're going to be raptured. Absolutely. But about 20 years after Jesus had ascended to heaven, Paul and Silas, two men called Paul and Silas, left their home. They were living in a place called Syria, Antioch, Syria. And they left their home with a purpose. And that was to spread throughout the Roman Empire the good news of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And so Paul and Silas were missionaries. Paul would later go on to write half of the New Testament. And we know him as the Apostle Paul. So Paul and Silas arrived at a city. You might never have heard of this city before, but it's called the city of Philippi. Philippi was located in Macedonia. So it was a long way from their home. It was a Roman colony. It was like a mini Rome with about 10,000 people living there. 20% of the population, of course, were slaves. Upon arrival, Paul and Silas went looking for the local Jewish place of worship, which was called a synagogue. And their plan was to preach Jesus to the Jewish people first, and then they would preach Jesus to people who were non-Jewish, people who were Gentiles next. But the Jewish community in Philippi was so small that there was no synagogue. Instead, the few Jews who lived there would go and worship at a quiet place near a local river. Paul and Silas discovered the place where the Jews gathered and they respectfully gathered with them and they told those Philippine Jews about... What did I say then? Philippine? Is that right? The right yeah. Philippine. I'm getting mixed up with the Philippines. Who's from the Philippines? You guys are. Anybody? Yeah. All the intelligent people are from the Philippines. Amen. Amen. Let me get, if I make a mistake with my words, I do apologize. Um, but they respectfully told the Jews they were gathering there about Jesus the Messiah. And there was a wealthy business lady there. She, she was called Lydia. And she listened to Paul and Silas speak about Jesus. And she believed and she became one of the first Christians in Philippi to be born again. It's wonderful to be born again. Are you born again? Jesus said you must be born again. It's a commandment. He didn't say, oh, I suggest you get born again. Jesus said you must be born 
again. If you break that commandment, that one commandment, broken commandment, will keep you out of heaven. So you could break a lot of other commandments, but so long as you are born again, you will go to heaven. You must be born again. So the first thing that Lydia did after becoming a follower of Jesus, that she, um, she offered help and resource to Paul and Silas, which they accepted. So for many days, Paul and Silas went to the river to teach people about Jesus. And it was by that river that a mighty church was born, the church of the Philippians. Philippians. What, Philipp, the, pe- the people who lived in Philippi. Amen. Amen. I'm really struggling with that. <laughs> However, there was a certain slave girl. Remember, 20% of the population was slaves. There was a slave girl who started to follow them each day, and probably other slaves did too, as they walked to the river. They had a crowd, and it was made up of all sorts of people. But this slave girl, the Bible says about her, she had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. And she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. The original Bible language says, where it says had a spirit, there's actually more embedded in that word. Uh, the, the original language says that the slave girl had a spirit of pythona or python. She had a spirit of a, the python spirit. And everybody in Philippi knew what that meant. This evil spirit was, that she had inside of her was named after a snake god. Now, most fortune tellers are just clever scammers. Yeah. <laughs> Few of them on the phone, hey, you know. But some fortune tellers aren't just clever scammers. Some fortune tellers have evil spirits, even today. And these, listen, everybody, this is really important. It's not the point of the message, but just a bit of advice. Evil spirits do not know the future. They do not know the future. They, do, they know about people. They know about events. And their knowledge of these things that they reveal to the person that they possess makes people think that the fortune teller really does know the future, but they do not know the future. Only one person knows the future. He is the eternal great I am. He is the beginning and the ending. He is almighty God. Only one person knows the future. And almighty God is the one who has your, your future in his hand. And I just strongly recommend, don't go to fortune tellers. Don't go to them over at Gosnell's Markets. What are you doing if you do that? Don't read your stars. Oh, it's harmless? No, it's not harmless. It's dangerous stuff to your soul. Instead, read God's Word, for the God's Word is good for your soul. (laughs) And as this slave girl followed Paul and Silas, she constantly started shouting out, These men are servants of the Most High God and they've come to tell you how to be saved. When you read that, you think, what's wrong with that? Because after all, it was true. But she did this day after day. Paul would be trying to preach and she'd shout out again. It was a disruptive snake spirit. It was a distracting snake spirit. Just because somebody's saying the right things, it doesn't mean it is the right thing. And Paul and Silas were struggling to share about Jesus because of her. Finally, the Apostle Paul had had enough. 
And so he just spun around when she started to open her mouth again. And he, he turned to her and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Yeah. And the Bible says instantly it left her. Instantly it left her. Instantly it left her. At the name of Jesus, instantly it left her. See, Paul did not cast the demon out in his own name because nothing would have happened. But he cast the demon out in the mighty name of Jesus. And the slave girl was immediately free from the snake demon. But now there's a problem because the girl could no longer earn money for her owners. And so her disgruntled owners became very angry and they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the local authorities. These angry men, they brought all sorts of accusations against Paul and Silas, but they especially emphasized to the authorities that Paul and Silas were Jews and that they were trying to convert us Romans. That's what their argument was. A mob quickly formed and Paul and Silas were arrested They were stripped. They were beaten severely with rods. And we're talking about a a Roman beating. This was not a a light beating. The Romans were brutal with anybody who was not a Roman. After their severe beating, Paul and Silas were then thrown into jail. But we're not talking about an Australian jail here or an Australian prison here. We're talking about the harsh Roman Jails. The jailer was ordered to make sure that Paul and Silas did not escape. So the jailer put them in the dim, smelly inner dungeons and he clamped their feet in stocks. Many years ago, Rochelle and I, we used to do church services in prisons in WA. Um, One day we visited Fremantle Jail. And we visited Fremantle Jail with our team, our music, to do a church service with the guys there. Now, I was used to visiting prisons, and I knew what to expect. But this was when Fremantle was a a prison, of course. It's just a museum now. But I found Fremantle Prison to be a frightening and terrible place. The thing that struck me about Fremantle Prison was the overwhelming atmosphere of despair that was just etched upon the faces of the men. While we were singing, you could barely get the men to lift their heads and look at you. I also remember the overwhelming stench of urine as you just walked into the main yard. The place stank. It was good that they closed it down. The dungeon that Paul and Silas were thrown into was far worse than Fremantle Prison ever was. So what an awful situation for Paul and Silas to be in, especially since they hadn't done anything wrong. They were far from home, miles from home. They'd been beaten, so they were injured. They were hurting. They were probably hungry, hadn't eaten. And there was no one to lobby for them. There was no one to intercede for them. There was no one to help them. And I'm sure that they suffered dark and fearful thoughts of hopelessness in their mind. They must have. They must have. And, and, and this unjust persecution that they were experiencing, experiencing was surely a counterattack of the spiritual enemies that they faced in Philippi. 
But what does this story have to do with us today? Well, it has a lot to do with us. Because just as the devil sought to beat and imprison Paul and Silas, so the devil wants to use the situations of your life to smash all the joy and all of the hope and happiness out of you. The devil does not want you to have a good 2023. The devil is not cheering you on saying, have a good year. He's not doing that. He knows, the devil knows that when he hurts you, the devil knows when your heart is broken, he knows that he's hurting God. He hurts you, he hurts God, who he rebelled against a long time ago. So the evil one seeks to trap you within the dark walls of discouragement. He seeks to trap you in despair if you allow him to. The devil wants your mind to be plagued by dark and fearful thoughts. He wants you spiritually distracted. His ultimate aim is to cause you to take your focus off Jesus Christ so that you will stumble and lose your faith. This is what he does. Paul and Silas were locked away in a literal dungeon. But there are many kinds of dungeons that ensnare people. Maybe you're in a dungeon today. Some of the dungeons have names. Fear. Shame. The past. Despair. Poor choices. Life's complicated circumstances are some of the dark dungeons of life. And this historical event in the book of Acts that we're looking at is a picture lesson for us so that we will know what to do if we find ourselves ensnared and trapped by the stuff of life. So what do you do when you are in an emotional or spiritual or situational dungeon? What do you do? Well, the Bible says this, Acts 16.25, it says, At midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Paul and Silas prayed and they praised God at midnight from within a stinking dungeon. They did not sing praises to God because they felt like it. Oh, I really feel like praising the Lord today. That wasn't going on. They did not sing praises to God because they were bursting with happiness. There was no happiness in the jail that night. On the contrary, the atmosphere in their prison was one of absolute despair. That prison was a God-forsaken place. Bad people were there. It was awful. Paul and Silas could often hear, as they sat there in that prison, they could hear men groaning from their own beatings that they'd had. They would hear men, grown men, weeping and sobbing in fear because tomorrow's coming. They would hear broken young men crying for their mothers. Because, you know, that's what used to happen at Fremantle, by the way. Young men would cry at night for their mothers. And that atmosphere of despair was 
splashing all over Paul and Silas as they lay down upon that filthy prison floor. And, and they were struggling to keep it together. And yet while feeling lousy and disheartened, and while being surrounded with broken men who were gripped with despair, Paul and Silas chose, they chose to sing praises to God. It was a decision. It was a choice that they made. And they made themselves sing praises to God. They made their mouths open up and they declared the faithfulness of God. And it was so hard. Of course it was hard. Of course it was hard. At first their words felt empty. At, worst, their, their, at first their words felt, you know, it's manufactured. Their words sort of felt heavy. And their words bounced back at them off the ceiling of, of the prison. And God felt far away. But they persisted. We will praise the Lord. Amen. They persisted. Amen. And soon their words of praise started to lift their own hearts And as their hearts started to lift, God reassured them that he was with them in that prison cell. Paul and Silas praised God, everybody, because they desperately wanted to change the atmosphere in their prison cell from despair to hope. From despair to joy. And this picture lesson from the Bible teaches us in 2023, 23, that even in life's, most, life's worst prisons, whatever prison you might be in, even in life's worst prisons, you can still change your spiritual atmosphere when you praise the Lord. Absolutely. And God always shows up in the darkest dungeons of life when his people praise his name. For God inhabits the praises of his people. Wherever you are, whatever is going on, God inhabits the praises of his people. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And the prisoners heard them. The prisoners heard them. As Paul and Silas sang and praised the Lord, the sobbing stopped. The groans Subsided. The weeping stopped. Instead, the other prisoners were listening to them. The atmosphere right through the entire prison started to change as Paul and Silas gained momentum with their impromptu worship service. Worship and praise declarations are powerful spiritual weapons that break through the darkness in Jesus' name. Now, every second Monday, Desley, Melva, my father, Rochelle, and myself, we go to the dementia ward at Amaru. My mum's in there, and Rochelle's father's there, Ozzy's there. And we go there, and we've been very blessed because we're allowed to run a church service. And we run a simple service that includes singing many hymns. And what's incredible is that a lot of those people there can't remember their own name, but I tell you what, they can remember some of those old hymns. We also pray the Lord's Prayer, and also I'm, I'm, I pray a blessing upon them all. 
And you could say that those dear residents are trapped in an awful prison of dementia. I think dementia is just an awful thing. But when we sing our hymns to God, the atmosphere changes. In that dementia ward, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And the ha- same thing happened on, on um, last Monday as we were singing. And, and you've got to understand, people are wheeling in and people behave a little bit strange at times. And we're all good with that. But as we're singing, you can just feel God's presence is in this place today. And we have a precious time. And the staff have told us on numerous times how peaceful the place is after we've had our little church services. Peace in the dementia ward. See, there are many places of despair along the journey of life. There are seasons where we may be disheartened and without hope. You know, family stuff, health stuff, you know how it is. But that time of despair or hopelessness can be the very place where you have an encounter with God. When you choose to change the spiritual atmosphere that has enveloped you, it's all about the spiritual atmosphere. It's all about the atmosphere. Don't let the devil, don't let other people, don't let your circumstances, don't let bad news control your spiritual atmosphere in 2023. You control your atmosphere. Open your mouth. Make praise to the Lord. Make your mouth speak out the faithfulness of God. Open your mouth and bless the Lord. The psalm says this. The psalm say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's got to come out of your mouth. Let everything has breath. Praise the Lord. The psalm says this, from the rising of the sun. To the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The psalm says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. The psalm says this, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Amen. Rejoicing in the Lord makes despair and discouragement shrink. Rejoicing and praising the Lord makes hope and faith grow. Rejoicing in the Lord makes despair and discouragement shrink. Rejoicing and praising the Lord makes hope and faith grow. So the atmosphere changed throughout the entire prison. Despair evaporated. As the peace of God flowed from cell to cell. But then suddenly, God sent a massive earthquake. (laughs) That shook the entire prison to its very foundations. It was a supernatural earthquake. It probably didn't rock Philippi. It rocked the jail. This was original jailhouse rock. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Managed to fit that in. Amen. And all the prison doors, they just flew open by themselves. Wow. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. That reminds me of that song that Charles Wesley wrote. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose and followed thee. We sang that. That was a hymn at our wedding 40 years ago. Amen. Do you remember that, Rochelle? Yeah, that's the days when we used to sing hymns at weddings. Amen. Earthquake, everybody was stunned. This is my stunned face. 
Everybody was stunned. And the Bible says this, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here, nobody's moved. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And if you're not saved this morning, this next verse is for you. And then Paul and Silas replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. That night the jailer got saved. He took Paul and Silas back home from the jail to his house, you know, like one or two in the morning. He did that. And, and they shared about Jesus with his family and they got saved as well. And they were also baptized and we're going to have a baptism service this afternoon. Amen. Yes. Now listen to this. This is really interesting. After the jailer cleaned their wounds, Paul and Silas voluntarily went back to the dungeon and they chose to be locked up again. They could have escaped, they could have run away, but they chose not to. Because if they had escaped, then the jailer would have been executed. Paul and Silas went back to the dungeon for the sake of someone else. They went back to the dungeon for the jailer. In their suffering, they showed kindness for a hardened Roman jailer. They were not focused upon themselves, even in their time of suffering. They were focused on others. No personal suffering was going to stop them from being kind to others. However, the very next day, much to their relief, of course, the authorities chose to set Paul and Silas free. God did deliver Paul and Silas. And their deliverance, of course, started with Paul and Silas changing the atmosphere. But it begs a question. Why did God send the earthquake into the heart of the prison? Why? What was the earthquake actually all about? Why did God send that earthquake? Well, didn't God send the earthquake so Paul and Silas could escape from the dungeon? Absolutely not. Had nothing to do with their escape. God used the authorities to release them. So they escaped that way, the legal way. God sent the earthquake, not for Paul and Silas. He sent the earthquake for the benefit of all those prisoners and especially for the jailer and his family. In the middle of an awful prison, a bunch of criminals and a hardened jailer had an encounter with God because two Christians suffered with them, but they did so with a different kind of atmosphere to the one they were living under. If Paul and Silas had not been thrown into jail, then that jail and his family and all those criminals may never have heard about Jesus Christ. You see, the devil tries to lock us up with the troubles of life. He tries to ensnare us with despair. But when God shows up in our troubles, then God can turn the table on the devil and use the very things that were meant to break us. God uses those things to bring light and salvation to others around us. This is what God does because he's smarter than the devil. He takes our brokenness. He takes our struggles. He even takes our own foolishness at times and he uses them to bring deliverance to other people in our lives. But it all comes back to controlling your spiritual atmosphere through prayer and especially through praise to God. So I conclude with this question. What is a spiritual atmosphere like in your life? You're in a dungeon? Is it despair? What is a spiritual atmosphere like in your life? What is a spiritual atmosphere like in your home? 
We've got a long year ahead of us, Real Life Church. Let's live this year one day at a time. That's the best way to always live a year. One day at a time. And let's each day declare, this is a day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Come on, everybody. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Come on. We've just got a few minutes. and Come on. Could somebody just shout a hallelujah? hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. It's, it's scriptural. It's biblical to open our mouths and shout out our hallelujahs. Hallelujah. It's biblical to praise the Lord. It's good to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise him.